Thanks for joining us for this episode of 13. We want to start by thanking our new patrons, Sean, Jessica, Lindsay Parham, Amanda Meter, Jack, and Jennifer Wagner. Thanks so much for your support. Patrons get a lot more 13. Ad-free episodes, weekly updates on the show, merch, and access to a Patreon-only Discord server where you can chat with us about the show or whatever else is on your mind. We're also celebrating two years worth of extra episodes on Patreon for our supporters. Every one of those episodes is available for anyone who signs up. Learn more at patreon.com forward slash 13 pod. We'll put a link in the show notes. This is part two of The Light Under the Door, written and narrated by me, Ian Epperson. Here we go. Turn down the lights. Are you ready? Here comes the show. That night I laid there, listening to the house settle, periodically checking the cameras on my phone. The gate in the back stood open. I didn't know if she was still out there, or if anyone or anything else was with her. What was she? I kept staring at the open gate. I would wait to close it in the morning. I started to doze off when I heard a sound. The urgent twisting of an old doorknob. The little pitter-patter of feet rushing over wood floors. Then, the door to our room flying open. A few more pitter-patter steps, and a sudden weight hopping up onto the bed. Another night, trying to get her to sleep alone. Another failed attempt. But, with everything going on, I liked that she was close. On the other hand, I didn't like that our oldest was downstairs, all alone. I couldn't stop checking my phone, checking the camera to the backyard, looking for something different in the grainy image. It couldn't have been her. It couldn't have been my mom. But that left the obvious question to fester in my mind. If it wasn't her, then what was it? The next morning, I opened the security app to show my wife the video. But when I did, I didn't see a video or any trace of the notification I'd gotten the night before. I looked out back. The gate was closed. Had she come back and closed it after I fell asleep? Had the whole thing been a sleepwalking episode or a dream? I didn't know what to think. I ended up not saying anything, but I told my wife that I planned to go into town and pick up a lock for the gate. If the latch was going to be high enough to reach over and open it, it needed to be secure. She didn't even look up when I mentioned it. She absently agreed and went on with her morning. It ate at me all day. I dug through some boxes until I finally found them. My dad's old photos, the ones he kept after she died and that I'd inherited. I just needed to look again, to remember. And it's hard to tell 
Photos from the 80s are grainy. They fade and they age. I haven't gotten these out in a while. I don't have any memories of her. Not real ones. All my memories are looking at these photos. And they're never quite right. My mind blurs her features. It alters her smile and her eyes. It tries to take these old grainy photos and make them more clear, more real. It's funny, because the woman in the window last night, she didn't really look like my mom, and neither does the woman in my memory. My mind tries to make her real, make the memories real, but they're just not. Even down in the basement, a sound came from somewhere above me, static and steadily growing. The rain was picking up. I put off leaving the house, hoping there'd be a break in the rain. I spent that time on my phone, trying to find reports of people living in the woods outside of Cincinnati. Strange things by the river. We're not that far from West Virginia and Point Pleasant, so there were a lot of Mothman articles. A death omen. But this wasn't the Mothman, at least not the way I've always heard about him. A monstrous form and red eyes. Finally, I gave in and drove to the nearest store that would have a lock for the gate. Back home, I waited for there to be some kind of break in the storm. But as it started getting dark, it was clear that there would be no such break today. I put on my biggest coat and ran out to the back fence. It wasn't far. At a good run, it was only a few paces. I slid the lock through the latch, pressed it shut, and almost slipped on my way back. The ground was so saturated, I worried that we wouldn't have any grass left after this was all over. I came back in, soaked, even through my coat. On dreary days like these, it almost feels like nightfall is a new sort of beginning. It picks up my spirits, and I get a kind of second wind. My youngest and I went upstairs to the playroom. My wife says when we play too rough up there, it shakes the whole house. She's probably right, but it's not like we can go outside. After she was worn out from playing, I put my daughter to bed. We were still working on her sleeping by herself. We did the whole routine, and I turned on her nightlight, the room filling up with yellow light. She fell asleep pretty quickly after running and playing all through the upstairs. I tucked her bunny in under the covers right next to her, so that if she woke up, she could find it. And then, as quietly as I could, I crept out of the room. I went downstairs and made a drink. It was Sunday night. I sat by the window, and I could hear that the rain had tapered off a bit. Through the window, I could hear the drips falling from the tree branches. I looked up and noticed that crack in the plaster wall. It had grown since I first saw it. Not too much, but it was definitely more noticeable now. It occurred to me, 
that it was just underneath our youngest bedroom. Maybe we really did have to tone it down up there. The rain kept on in spurts for the next few days. When I came home from work one evening, there was a glass repairman working on my neighbor's window. I asked what happened to the window. He said it was the damnedest thing. It busted all by itself in the middle of the night, scared the shit out of everyone in the house. All by itself, I asked. He pulled up his ring cam. I guess everyone out here has one. It was mounted on the corner of the house facing his back door. You can barely see it at the bottom of the frame. But suddenly, the glass burst and started falling, piece by piece, out of the frame. It was strange. I decided that it was as good a time as any to ask him about what I saw the other night. If someone was creeping into yards, maybe he'd seen it on his camera too. Even though I didn't have any evidence on mine, He told me that he'd never heard of anything like that. He mentioned again that sometimes people on hard times, trying to leave the city, will sleep on the riverbank. Maybe someone came up looking for shelter. With all the rain, it has to be a muddy mess down there. The water level is maybe even coming up and encroaching on their space. That seemed to make sense. But... I thought back to that face, the strange features, the stretchy smile. That wasn't a person, and no matter how much I've tried to convince myself, I know I wasn't sleepwalking or dreaming. That night I was on edge. I was waiting for a notification on my phone alert to every sound around the house. When I closed my eyes, I saw that face, whoever she was. My wife was fast asleep next to me. She was usually a lighter sleeper than me, but I was still awake, waiting for something. A buzz from my phone, the pitter-patter of footsteps from our youngest running in from the next room. I was restless. I couldn't keep my mind from racing. I couldn't shake it. I googled stories of people seeing loved ones who had passed. Maybe I could bore myself with it, oversaturate and then move on. Ghost Stories, an old Unsolved Mysteries episode. Heartwarming stories, warnings of danger. All of it, nonsense. I don't believe in an afterlife. I don't believe in people coming back to talk to the living. It was after one in the morning. My wife stirred and rolled over. I was going to keep her up if I stayed in bed. I got up as gently as I could and snuck out of the room. In the hallway, it was dark. The only light came from the lamp that we left on at the bottom of the stairs. I went downstairs to the kitchen, and I got a glass of water. The door to the basement was cracked open, and I could see light coming up. My oldest was down there, making use of her hangout space. 
I listened at the top of the stairs for a moment, and I didn't hear anything. She must have headphones on, playing a game or watching something on her tablet. Maybe she'd fallen asleep on the couch. She'd been doing that lately too, and it was fine for summer break. I started to make my way back upstairs, cautious to avoid all the creaking steps as I went. The playroom had a little guest bed in it. I'd try to sleep there for the night, and hopefully, my wife would be able to sleep. As I reached the top of the stairs, I noticed a change in the hallway. Then, I saw it. From under my youngest daughter's bedroom door, a faint yellow light, her nightlight, the little rabbit with a light-up belly. From behind her door, I heard her white noise machine. But there was something else. It was her little voice. She was singing. Her normal little melody, the one she used when she sometimes just sang her thoughts out into the air, barely audible through the door. It was finally working. A big proud smile spread over my face. I imagined her on the other side of the door, the room bathed in yellow light, looking around the place, experiencing being alone at night for the first time. I had the urge to crack the door and tell her how proud I was, but that would defeat the whole purpose. Instead, I crept by as gently as I could. I sat down on the floor across the hall from her room. I leaned my head back and I listened to her little song. Her nightlight was programmed to go off on its own after some time. I hoped that she'd be back asleep by then. I worried that it would scare her. But just in case it did, I'd hang out right here, leaning against the playroom door. Just in case. I closed my eyes. Rain started coming down harder on the roof overhead. A pleasant little drone. And finally, I drifted off to sleep. I mentioned that I have this dream every now and then. It's only happened a few times over my life. I'll dream that I see Debbie, my uncle's girlfriend, who looked after me for a few years when I was a kid. I had that dream again while I sat on the floor across from my daughter's room. In the dream, she's always the age she was when I saw her last, middle or late 20s. But I'm always whatever age I am in the present. I was in a bar. It's always the same one. There's a jukebox against a wall and an old cigarette machine. Something like the gin blossoms is playing over the speakers. It's crowded. The people are always different, but inevitably, the crowd will shift a bit, and across the room, I'll see her. In the dream, it's not weird that I'm here. It doesn't feel strange to see her in this setting, out with her friends, a part of her life that I never saw. It's not weird that it's 1994. She looks happy. I always notice her first, but finally, 
When she looks over, she's confused at first, like she's trying to figure out how she knows me. And then, there's a look of recognition. A slow, wide smile comes over her, a little shake of her head, like in disbelief, and she'll start to mouth something. But then, the next part comes. It's always the same, too. There's another wave of recognition. She takes in the age that I am now. It takes another moment. And then, there it is. A look that says, Oh, this is as far as I got, isn't it? Then the smile comes back. But there's a little bit of sadness this time. And she'll mouth the same words that she said to me all those years ago when she'd pick me up and take me home. How'd you get so big? I woke up slowly, a little bit at a time. It took a moment for me to get my bearings. I was still sitting against the wall. I'd slumped over a bit. And across from me, under the door to my daughter's room, It was dark. She'd fallen back to sleep, and her nightlight went out. I checked my phone. It was four in the morning. I picked myself up and made my way into the playroom. I crawled into the empty guest bed, and I closed my eyes. This side of the house faced the backyard. The gate, the woods, and the river beyond it. But... I think that all the reading, the silly stories, the ghost stories that were obviously made up, I think it had cleansed my mind. It's easier to believe that I've been sleepwalking or dreaming than that I've been visited by a shapeshifter or a death omen at my kitchen window. My daughter had learned not to be scared in the dark, or at least be brave enough to face the fear. I could do the same. As I was drifting to sleep, I heard a loud snapping sound from the woods behind the fence. This time, I was too tired to care. The next few days went by. Our daughter really had learned to sleep by herself. We still did our bedtime routine, but she stayed in her room all night. We were so proud of her. I went downstairs in the night to use the restroom or to get a drink of water. There were no more faces in the window. Most of the time, I didn't even think about it anymore. My oldest would be in the basement. Sometimes she came up when she heard me, and we'd talk for a few minutes there in the kitchen, late at night. It was nice to have that time with her. It felt like she was growing up so fast, and she was pulling away the way the kids are supposed to. But these moments were nice, and I didn't mind losing a little sleep for them. I came home from work on a Thursday night. The rain had been coming down off and on, but that afternoon it was more of a drizzle. I was surprised to see a lot of flashing lights and work crews on our street. As I pulled in, I saw my wife and daughters out back, 
The gate was open, and I could see other people milling around on the trail. I had to go through the house to get to the backyard, and I met them at the gate. She told me that a bunch of trees came down this afternoon. She said it happened all at once. It sounded like the house was falling down. I looked out at the site. A couple dozen trees, maybe more from our vantage point. Trees all over the hillside below us had come loose from the ground and toppled over. I'd never seen anything like it. Apparently, there was a little mudslide. A lot of them had barely been hanging on in the first place. And when the ground gave way, they went with it. Up and down the trail, there were open gates and neighbors standing around watching. Everyone was mingling, trading information, trading rumors. Someone said that the retaining wall at the base of the hill was still intact. There didn't seem to be any damage. It was just a little mudslide. I remembered the realtor telling us about the landslide that created this entire ridgeline a century ago. Everyone said we weren't in danger of anything like that. There had been years with even more rain than this, they said. And besides, tomorrow was the last of the storms. I hadn't heard about that yet. I pulled out my phone and checked my weather app. They were right. Sunshine for days and days, beginning tomorrow. The work trucks were there until after dark. Orange lights raking across the lawns, reflecting off the wet asphalt. Eventually, the crews all made their way up from the hillside, their headlamps bobbing through the backyards to get to the street. One by one, the trucks made their way out of the neighborhood. The street was dark. Once everyone was gone, and all the neighbors were back inside, I stepped out the back door, and I just looked around. I don't know what I was looking for, or what I was doing. The rain hung in the air like a mist, obscuring everything at a certain distance. Other than the sound of the occasional pop and snap from the trees, it was quiet. I slept in the guest room that night. Sometime after three in the morning, I woke up. I sat up in bed. The window faced the backyard, and I noticed something. The back gate was standing open, just like it had that night. I checked my phone. No notifications. I pulled up the camera to see if there was anything there. There was nothing. Well, there was one thing. I looked up again, checking the gate door. Was it really open? It was. I looked back to my phone. The gate was closed on my screen. Looking down into the yard again, I saw her. She was standing in the mist, looking up at me. There wasn't an exaggerated smile this time. Her features were still all wrong, but somehow different. A person shouldn't have been able to see me in the upstairs window, but she wasn't a person. 
and there was no question. She could see me. I don't know what she wanted. God damn it. We were going to have to move. I woke up the next morning to find that my wife wasn't in our bed. She must have gone over to sleep with our youngest daughter. For weeks, we were desperate for her to learn how to sleep by herself. But as soon as she did, you start to worry. You worry that something's wrong. And sometimes, it's easier to just know that everything's okay than it is to get a good night's sleep. I went downstairs to get ready for the day. It was still mostly dark when I got in the shower. But when I got out, the sun was coming up. It seemed like it had been weeks since I'd seen the sun for more than a few minutes. I crept into the kitchen as quietly as I could. The basement door was open and the lights were on. My oldest daughter had fallen asleep downstairs again. It was more normal than not these days. I looked out the back window as I made coffee. I must not have noticed the full magnitude of the trees collapsing the day before. It looked more bare than I remembered. A full half of the trees on the ridge must have fallen over. Almost as if on cue, there was a sudden snap. My wife was right. The sound was jarring and you could feel the floor shudder. Almost right away, I heard movement upstairs. The tree falling had woken my wife and my youngest daughter. My oldest, down in the basement, probably couldn't have heard anything. I turned back to the window, and when I did, I saw her. That woman, that thing that looked like my mom, It was standing in the middle of the backyard. There was no way she could have gotten there that fast. And this time, her face was different. She still looked like the way I remembered my mom, but her features were twisted in horror. I froze. The sight of her was terrifying, but it only lasted a moment. Something else snapped me out of my state the cracking sound of another tree coming down. And then another. I looked in the direction of the sound and then back to the spot where she'd been standing. She was gone. I could hear feet rushing above me, my wife and our youngest on the stairs. Just then, I heard and saw something else. In the distance, I saw my neighbor's house come apart. The back half of the house splintered off instantly, like it had cracked in two. The part of the house that came loose fell backwards, and then the entire hillside went down with it. Holy shit, it was a landslide. I heard a scream from the stairs and I ran to the hall. 
My wife called out for our oldest daughter, but I knew that she wasn't in her room. That's when I saw it. The crack that had formed in the ceiling. The one that I'd watched grow slowly over the summer. It had opened up and was coming apart right in front of me. The entire house was coming apart around us. I told my wife to run. I would get our oldest. She needed to get our youngest as far from the ridge line as she could. As soon as they were outside, I ran back to the kitchen and to the basement door. The kitchen window was cracked, bent and warped until the glass couldn't hold. We only had seconds. I took the steps by twos. When I got to the bottom, my oldest was scream crying and frozen in place. I ran to her, grabbing her arms and pulling her toward the stairs. There was another crashing sound. This one far closer. It was too late. We weren't gonna get out in time. I didn't know what else to do. I shoved her down to the ground and used my body as a shield. I pressed her into the corner between the wall and the couch. And the moment I was on top of her, there was a great rumble. And everything went dark. I don't know what happened after that. The next thing I knew, I was standing in a bar. It was like the one in that dream, the one where I see Debbie with her friends, right before she recognizes me. I look around, and I don't see her. The place looks different too. The jukebox and cigarette machines are gone. It's a little more modern like the kinds of places I used to go back when I met my wife. This isn't what the dream is supposed to be like. The place is more empty than I remember too. Just a few people shuffling around, ordering drinks, sitting by themselves. I don't know how much time has passed, but when I turn around, I see a familiar face. It's not Debbie. It's my wife. She's young again. About the age she was when we first met. Her middle or late 20s. She's been watching me. Waiting for me to notice her. I feel a big smile creeping over my face. But she looks... I don't know. It's like she's different somehow. The little details are all wrong little differences here and there. It takes a moment, but then it comes to me. It's not my wife. It's my oldest daughter. The way she's looking at me, it's not sadness. It's nostalgia. Oh. I feel so many things. So many things so fast. 
I can't put them into words. I can't organize my thoughts. I don't know what to say. The only thing that comes out is, how'd you get so big? Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of 13. If you like what you heard, stop what you're doing and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This month's story was The Light Under the Door, written and narrated by Ian Epperson, music, editing, and sound design by Caleb Ritchie, assistance from Brooke Jeanette and Bridget Howard. Our producer-level patrons are Rick Linville, Tattooed Fox, Rhiannon, Sean Geary, Anthony Diaz, Michael Vasquez, Paul Doyle, Amy Harper, Jackie Kay, Delta Tango, Chantel Payne, Nick, Emily Douglas, Stephanie Klinger, Travis Faber, and Jake R. Thank you so much for your support. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about joining us on Patreon. Check us out on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under Pod13, and you can join our Facebook group at 13Podcast. If you'd like to submit a story to be performed on the show, or contact us about anything else, get in touch at info at 13podcast.com. You'll find submission guidelines and other info on our website, 13podcast.com. You can find all that in the show notes. Bridget Howard is still right there. She's still looking in your window. Don't make eye contact. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next month. <laughs>